Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. It's hosted by two guys that have never met each other in real life. I am one of those guys. My name is Colin Flynn. I live in Iowa. And my co-host, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John M. Craig. I am he. I'm the other one of those guys, and I uh, live in Red Bank, New Jersey. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you living? Um, I want to say large, but I still live in my ex-wife's pool house, which some would say. That's a baller right there. Um... No, I'm I'm doing all right, man. I'm I'm fine. I'm just uh, a lot of rest. I'm not binge watching, and just and just sort of taking things in. I was just helping my son set up his room, and I, I helped him set up his little uh, recording studio. How's that going? It was going. He he had these two shelves that had a lot of uh, the, the, these two uh, flimsy shelves. They weren't even IKEA good. They were like just. Like knock down particle board shit, and they had a lot of Lego sets, made Lego sets, like the like the Ghostbusters car. He had the uh, Back to the Future car. He had like Hogwarts, a Millennium Falcon, you know, a bunch of stuff that he wants to keep. But it's like it just seemed like a a flimsy shelving unit collecting Lego dust. You know, that's what so, they do at a certain point. They yeah. lose, lose interest in things. And then, then yeah. They, yeah. So they, just, they were all there. So I just, the camera, let's just get rid of all this stuff. Get rid of these two shelving units. Let's move your desk. He doesn't have a lot of wall space. It's like a, a, a house was built in like 1908. And it's, a, you know, relatively small three bedroom. And, and his room is, uh, I'd say, about, I don't know, 16 by 12 ish. Not a, Small, terribly small room, but it's got a right. door out to a patio. It's got a window. It's got a door that passes through to his sister's room, and then the door going, in, you know, the main door to get into his room. So there's not a lot of wall space, and he's got like six guitars hanging on one wall. He's got like two snowboards on another wall. It's like there's a lot of stuff. So, uh, but I did. I brought him uh, the microphone that I had in the pool house, uh, the little USB focus right and that shit, and and uh, I got him the MIDI keyboard. So I set him up, and he had his uh, MacBook Pro, and he immediately opened up GarageBand. I had the two, you know, monitors, speaker monitors, the mm-hmm. uh, KRK Rocket Fives, and uh, got the whole thing set up. And even though he was telling me he didn't want to help, he didn't want to clean the room or take care of stuff, that he was meeting friends. The minute he got it set up, all he did was uh, he was playing guitar and playing with a MIDI keyboard and like laying down like a a bass track and then like playing over it. I said, are you even recording? He's like, nah, I'm just jamming with myself. So, so it's, I'm just happy that it's all set up and that he may actually use it. Even if he's just jamming with himself, you know? I, yeah. I think that's really cool. I, I've, I've seen some articles from some of the old school musicians that uh, today are lamenting the fact that they say that there's a lot of kids that uh, are doing what, what Cameron's doing. They're, they're, they're jamming with themselves and the, the old school musicians are, are worried. They're concerned. They're, they're kind of, well, they're old. So they're pissed off um, because you know, the, 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 they say these cats, these cats, because that's what they say, old school musicians. Um, they say uh, these these young cats can't uh, they can't play with each other. They they can't jam with another person because they're 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 all sitting in a room by themselves. Because you know if you if you want a drummer, you just go all right. I'll just push a button and bam, I got a drummer. Uh, you know you don't have to call somebody and say hey, right. Stu, do you know anybody that's got any drums? And then they come over and you know. So it's a well. Yeah, I think I. I, I I think it's a great thing to jam with others. However, I think yeah. it's also uh, great to be able to like just find a happy space and jam with yourself. Like and just like find something that brings you sort of like medit it puts you in like a meditative state or a chill state where you can just fucking just you know what I mean? Like it, it 
You're never going to be bored if you can do that. If you can spend time with yourself doing anything. I mean, look, we can only touch ourselves for so long. At some point, it's just like, you know. But for the most part, if 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 you can read a book, you read the paper, you can listen to something, listen to music, play music, draw, whatever the fuck it is. That's an awesome place to be. He's 16, so he can only masturbate like, you know, 18, 20 hours a day. Times a day, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I I don't think I ever maxed out more than like 11. I think it was like, I don't know. I never counted. I'm sure I've done more than that in my adult life. I mean, there was that time when I was living in the apartment by myself and just like a lot of time. That was only a couple of years ago. All right, now in the pool house. That's what, (laughs) when I'm not recording podcasts, I'm just (laughs) masturbating up here. (laughs) Just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's good that they, I think, you know, hopefully they can find their way uh, to find another human at some point to, to jam with uh, but um, I, th- I think yeah the, whole, the idea of being able to do it by yourself is cool too I can tell though when I, I as I I use Spotify a lot and a lot of times they will suggest that I'll be listening to some band a lot of times I, I like a lot of the uh, alt rock sort of indie pop sort of stuff and um, when they suggest other other music sometimes I, I get into some bands and I can tell um, especially if it's like a, a, a first name last name type thing that I haven't heard of, you know, somebody else, it's, you know, John, you know, whatever, John Johnson. And so I start listening to John Johnson. A lot of times I can tell if John Johnson, and there is no real John Johnson. Well, there is, but he, that's not who I'm talking about. I just use that that name for the hell of it. But um, you can tell if it's the type of person that has put together this music by themselves, usually, because uh, there's just sort of a uh, the squeaky clean sort of, uh, you can tell that that's a drum machine. Okay, that that is, you know, uh, you know this guy vocalizing with himself. You can tell he's, he's you know, doing his own background vocals and stuff like that. But uh, it's cool. Well, either way, whatever. Whatever, whatever trips your trigger is what I'm saying. So, this is kind of uh, John. I we should probably I don't know if it's the uh, beginning of the year show or the or the end of the year or, or how we should exactly how should we uh, how should we sell this? What what do you think? End of year, beginning of year. That's like a is that is that almost like a glass is half empty, glass half full question? I don't know. It, it is. I don't know is. that there's an answer. How about for for we? I choose one and you choose one, and we whatever one uh, you choose, I'll choose the opposite, and then we'll <laughs> we'll go accordingly. You'll talk like if you're the beginning of the year, you talk about the future and things to come, and I'll just talk about the past. You'll be like I'm in New Jersey, I don't like the future. Fuck you guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> the future is bleak, man. It's, it's bleak. bleak. Well, I, last night I went to because because I'm old. I, I went to a, a get together over the weekend, and it was it wasn't really a New Year's, but it, but it was. Uh, either there was people there. They're like, I, I, they're like, I'm not going to celebrate New Year's Eve on on you know Monday night. I just can't do that. So Saturday before, so they had this little. Uh, it wasn't a lot of people. It was a dinner party type thing, and it was was uh, fairly chill. Although, uh, and and I I remained on the wagon firmly uh still there but i have to tell you there was some temptation uh, um i was uh sitting at the the, the table uh, there's sort of this dining area and there were a few of us there were, there were people scattered around the house but there were a few of us that were sitting out there and uh one of the uh, gentlemen that was there uh kind of gave me a little sideways uh sort of uh, hey uh, he goes you want to and he did the uh kind of do the uh let's, let's puff puff pass sort of uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, let's go outside. And you know, and yeah. I, I turned them down. And, and the reason I, not that that would, I, that would have been okay because uh, that's not drinking. Uh, as no, far as my, my thing went. But the the main reason I, I turned him down uh, is because it's fucking cold outside. And <laughs> I was like, do I want to really go right now and put my coat on, go outside, sit in some cold ass car, <laughs> warms up, and, yeah. and, and you know, take a couple hits of, of weed? Yeah, it just didn't seem like it was worth it. Uh, I was I was comfortably warm where I was sitting, and, and that was great. And then um, it, it seemed like uh, maybe within the next couple of minutes, this uh, the, the the host of the party came out and he sat down and he put uh, right on the table right in front of me. He put down a bottle of, of whiskey for uh, the the folks that were there to just kind of uh, not necessarily pass around, but you know it's just there. Let's just use this bottle. It's it's the the, the for the table, it's the, the bottle for the table. And it was a bottle of, uh, I'd never seen this stuff before, I didn't know it even existed, but it's a uh, whiskey called uh, Yellow Spot. Yellow Spot, it's a um, 12-year-old uh, single pot still Irish whiskey, which comes from the the same uh, place where Jameson whiskey is is distilled, whatever d- distillery that is in, in Ireland. And um, I 
it looked it, it looked even in the bottle it looked like it was is a glorious whiskey and one of the guys that was there that uh declared it to be the best irish whiskey he'd ever tasted and, and he's a pretty well-traveled guy he's a guy that's been around the uh, around the world quite a bit and uh so i was like oh man that's that would be that would be some good stuff but yeah. I resisted. I, I held pat. I, I resisted temptation and did not imbibe in the hundred-dollar a bottle, yellow spot, twelve-year-old single single pot still. Whatever that means. I, I don't know what that means. Single pot still, but uh, apparently some good stuff. So I was. Uh, yeah, I'm still. How long has it been? At it? All of November and all of December. All of November, all of December. So most of October, but you right around Halloween, you. Yeah, so right today, today is pretty much two months. I'm, I'm right at the two-month mark. And wow. so and now that I've gotten through uh, that event last night where um, I was the only person in the, in the, in the whole place, in the whole shindiggity that uh, wasn't, wasn't drinking, but uh, hmm. it, was, it was okay. I noticed, I mean, for the most part, I, I, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, as far as I, I, I hear people talk about, uh, you know, they're, if they don't drink, they're uncomfortable being around people that drink or, they're, or they're, they're, they think it's boring or, or you mm-hmm. know, that it's, it's just a big pain in the ass. And granted, it, this wasn't the kind of place where the people were, you know, getting smashed, that, that sort of thing. But, mm-hmm. um, um, I, you know, the, the conversation, you, 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 it's different when you're listening to a bunch of people that are drinking uh, compared to, I think, um, sober people. There's, there's a little more repetition. The, the volume level tends to kind of get a little louder. And um, you know, people kind of, I think, probably overtalk each other uh, a little more and don't, a uh, little less listening uh, right. sort of thing going on. But for the most part, it was okay. I mean, I really, I was like, eh, this is, you know, just kind of like a normal conversation. I, I think I probably, I probably listened more than I than I uh, would normally. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I could tell people wanted to, really wanted to talk. They had, they, had a, they had a little liquor in them. And uh, so I sat back and listened to conversations about politics and kept my mouth shut. Which, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. for me, is not always what I would not always do. But, yeah, it worked out fine. It was good. Which so how how is the what, well last night yeah yeah well, I didn't really exciting? do much you know I uh, yesterday I did drink yesterday good for you I had uh, two Bloody Marys I was uh, probably around uh, sometime between uh, twelve thirty and 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 two in the afternoon and that was at uh, my nephew's first birthday party it was at a it was at a bar restaurant my dad's friend owns the bar restaurant this is the place where you had the uh, the hundred day event same place no no totally different the hundred day event so for those of you who don't know uh my sister uh ginger her baby is half chinese the father is chinese uh she and the father are not married but they're together or i don't know what their relationship is i I know they they seem to live in the same household in the same house the house that my mom grew up in and uh baby's head and so uh, a part of the culture of the um the chinese culture is there's a either a i think it's a 30 day ceremony or a hundred day ceremony or both i'm not really sure my sister wasn't ready for a 30 day so she did that they did the hundred day and that was in queens at a, at a chinese restaurant like a big okay. chinese like they had separate rooms you know so that was everyone was uh, chinese except for us yesterday it was mostly staten islander like my family and friends my family's friends and family and uh that was at uh, toto's restaurant which is a restaurant that my dad's friend john toto owns and it's right across the street from the atlantic ocean like it was almost destroyed during hurricane sandy and like my dad actually helped the guy rebuild the place so my dad he goes there probably at least two three times a week and uh it's not really set up for a children's a first birthday party but uh, we had it there nonetheless so it was open to the public but we had every seat in the restaurant and but like half the bar were like you know um strangers not to my dad my dad knew some of them because he goes there so often and uh it was uh it was it was crowded and, and it kind of was uh i didn't even i barely got to hold my my nephew it, it didn't feel like a a, a birthday party for a one-year-old so what so kind of drink. joint is this? It's a, they, they have food? Normally it's a food. It's a restaurant. Yeah, it's, it's, a, restaurant. Uh, it's a restaurant. Toto's. T-O-T-O apostrophe. It's like Toto the dog. That's his oh. last name. Okay. And it's it's nice. I mean, it's it's uh, got a lot of natural light. It's like literally right across from the, the Atlantic Ocean. Just, and uh, 
Yeah, I'm googling it. I'm looking at the picture right now. Yeah, and if you and if you Google Map it and you look outside, it's like there's a there's a view of the Atlantic Ocean. You're a little far from the ocean, even though you're right across the street because it's this like main drag. Like that's Father Capadano Boulevard. Now okay. I don't know who Father Capadano is, um, but it was named after that guy. And we used to drag race on there. Like if you take that road and you're you're you, the ocean is to your east. It's the Atlantic Ocean, and you're driving. Uh, you know, in, in that direction, uh, I guess it would be sort of north to the Verrazano Bridge. I mean, we b- high school kids used to race there all the time, drag race. Mm, all right, interesting. Yeah, long so stretch. You, yeah, you, you drag race? What did you? Drag no, race? I didn't drag race. Really, I mean, my friend, my friend, haven't had a Honda Prelude, but there was no drag racing yesterday. It was just a child's birthday party, and at the end of the party, at around four thirty or so, right around sunset, myself, Kylie, my daughter. And my cousin, his family, and my other cousin, Marissa, and her family, they've got each got two kids, a boy and a girl, a boy and a girl. Um, we all went across, and we went and walked on the beach, and I took some pictures of the families. It was nice. Yeah, it does sound nice. Looks like, yeah, well, the pictures look look like it would be a, a nice joint. Looking at yeah, the menu, I mean, it's decent. You know, it's very, it's very Staten Island, very... Yeah, I think, what did he serve? It was just like... Um, there was something like penne pasta with like a vodka sauce. They were like, you know, some sort of chicken cutlet kind of thing. I don't eat that. Sausage and peppers. Uh, roasted potatoes, which were really good. And there was something else that I ate. Oh, there was like shrimp, like a like a garlic like type shrimp. Uh, it was good. It was fine. I mean, it was good. The cake was good. It was... Uh, well, but it didn't feel like a one-year-old's birthday party to me. Whatever. I I had already talked to my sister about this that that wasn't the best place for it, and she said I couldn't find anything else. And mom and dad already offered, and they're taking care of it, and blah blah blah. So I was like, all right, fine. Kid's not gonna remember anyway. You know, he doesn't know. He doesn't no, know. no, it was kind of surreal. But my sister knows, and she was all stressed out, and then she was kind of a little upset that I didn't offer to take a picture of she and the father and the baby, and it was just like, I, it feels like work when I, and, I, and she's like, yeah, but you, I don't begrudge our cousins for the photos <laughs> you took, because apparently all my cousins posted them on right. Facebook. She's like, I don't begrudge you, but it's like, you know, I don't really appreciate that you did a photo shoot on the beach. It wasn't a fucking photo shoot. I had my camera with me. I didn't have my camera with me on me most of the time at the park because I was not in the mood to take photographs and whatever and I didn't even respond to my sister yet because she wrote this like a really long text about how you know and and she wanted this picture she wished that she had that picture and I was like okay but she you know the boyfriend aren't even next to one another a lot of the time he always makes a face like he doesn't like he's too good to be photographed he doesn't want to be bothered every time I show her a picture of herself she's just like <sighs> I look terrible. Okay, great. You look terrible. I'm not taking your picture. I have no desire to photograph them, except the baby. <laughs> I've actually taken a picture of the three of them, and I've actually, I haven't photoshopped them out, but I cropped because it was a really good picture of the baby, and then there are these two adults that don't seem like they want to be sitting next to one another. Hmm. So, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm, that's a little bit much. I hope my sister never listens to the podcast. Well, I, I <laughs> I think the show then, I just based on what you just told me, I think think the show then it's it's about the the, the the future. It's about 2019 moving forward, the the young baby and everything. Well, and 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 that's the thing. I tried to talk to my ex wife about it. I, I you know she consulted me recently about something that her brother had done, and I was like I walked her through it, and at no point was I a jerk. I told my I let my ex wife read the text, and and she just she was like. Your sister has, she's a, she's a mother, she has a lot of stress, you should just take her picture, and that's not how you should write it. And like, oh my God, like I was like, I'm asking you because I know my relationship with my sister, and I don't want to write something to her that's going to be negative or fuel it or make it worse. I, you know, and, and, I've, and I said to her, she laughed in my face, I said, look, I've been really good and patient with my sister for the last year she's 44 and I'm 47 and she just laughed I'm like yeah but it's only been a year but over a year I said because ever since she got pregnant I was very supportive I thought she was gonna be a fine mom and not everyone in the family was as happy for her as I was and uh, I thought she was gonna be a good mom and 
I didn't know she was going to post a thousand pictures a day on Facebook, but uh, I want no part of it. <laughs> Whenever she does, it's her, it's her child. She's well, you, mom, you're going to have so. to. You should uh, schedule a time, go over and take the family photo. Just say, "Come on, let's 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 do a shoot." Yes, let's, let's do a little. Yes, I yes, I will. Yeah, but it doesn't change that on his first. Br- I'm not sentimental. Like I don't yeah. like I, I I happen to have eight millimeter home movies of me on my first birthday. I have that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but it exists. Wow. Now, but quite frankly, I'm not sentimental. I don't, even if I have pictures from every single birthday that my children have, don't care. Doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, I didn't miss anything by not having pictures from when Cameron turned seven. And I probably have them. But you know what I mean? Like it's okay if there's not a picture of me, my then wife, and the two kids. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I do. I, do. I mean, but I'm not her. I'm not her, so it's different for her. I don't know what it is, what it means, why she wants it, why she wants to share. Like, I, I know I exist. I know I... I mean, there are times that it's, as I get older, I start to... Things start to slip, but I'm like, no, I... There, as a matter of fact, there are so few pictures of me because I'm always the one taking the pictures. Yeah. And, uh, you know. So with the, with her her uh, her child, did they be, you take a picture in, you know, in the, the near, very near future, and he's about one, and it doesn't have to be exactly on his birthday. Nobody knows. Nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Do they really? Mm-hmm. She might, I guess, apparently. It's just, no, we can stage it. Yeah, we can just get another yeah, fucking cake. Just, yeah, just yeah, pretend. Yeah, ex- that's right. Pre- that's exactly right. <laughs> just, just, yeah. just, so, I'm, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Anyway, but it was a, it was a fine day. Uh, you know, I, I mean, at one point I was talking about uh, tranny porn with uh, a friend of the family, Vanessa. Vanessa and I were talking, and there's video that exists where it's video of my sister and the baby, and I'm talking about tranny porn. <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's a video of uh, no, there's no video of tranny porn. porn. No, 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 no. I yeah. it was it was just I was just talking about the one type of porn that I'm not a big fan of um, is tranny porn. Like even a what's, thumbnail. What's the problem with that? Very disconcerting. Tranny porn. Really it's like just it. very. I don't think you're supposed to call it tranny porn, but well, it, it's it's just when when you see what is. John, you should be comfortable <laughs> if if it's a woman with a penis. You should be able to have sex with her. No, that's a man with tits. No, Sorry. No. It's not a woman with a penis. If, it's a if, man. No, it's a woman. Tits. It's a woman. Okay. Well, I'm and not. If, if, and if the woman has a penis and, I, and you will not have sex with that woman with a penis, you're uh, a homophobe. Uh, that, this you're is homophobe. true. I. I would I would argue I would argue that if I do have sex with that woman I am a homosexual you're, but not a homophobe. You're a homophobe. If, if <laughs> That's you're, right. If you're even repulsed by that in the little I didn't say I was repulsed by it. I'm just it really throws me for a loop. I'm not I'm not prepared for it. It's like it's like listen I I think I've told you this before. I've talked about swiping right on dating apps where it's like swipe 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 right 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 that's yes 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 no 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 and then you see there are these and you can't believe that some women are the same species, right? And I'm talking about women like cisgender women, women that were born women. And then you, there are times where there is a what many men would consider to be a much more attractive woman than many of the actual women and that's a transgender woman now i don't know what parts are going on down there but the thing is that when you're watching pornography i'm talking about where you're looking at like something like chatterbait i've never i don't even know what this is but i've heard where it's like live like cam videos right and it's all these thumbnails right and you can categorize them and just go female right and if you just click on female it shouldn't pop up that there's transsexual porn and then or couples like that could be anything that could be boy boy you know girl girl you know you know it could be Dude, or is, men women there's so many categories a lot of labels here that you throw and listen it's not about labels it's just it's just a categorization so that i understand that you're i'm not woke like you are colin flynn <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean but it's when you look at it and you don't realize and the thumbnails are on your phone and they're tiny they're really they're like the size of a postage stamp but a really awesome postage stamp until like it comes to life they should you have I, porn postage you and stamps. i know you and i both yeah. because we, we had this kind conversation um boys and i hate to use that label because you know it's not what is boys and girls um boys have periods too boys are menstruating now and, and uh it's uh, yeah you talked about this yeah yeah <laughs> this is this is not okay are you on the woke side of things right now is this is this the character you're playing today <laughs> 2019 is woke woke, woke. kylon kylon is a woke motherfucker <laughs> 
I'm having my period. Um, no, I mentioned that to you. Uh, I said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. that when I when I told you that uh, I didn't even Google boys this. Boys are having periods. You did too, Google. I was there. Did I? I yes, I witnessed it. And uh, really, there is, there is a faction of the world now that is that is uh, uh, asserting, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's. <laughs> Sorry, I maybe I did Google it the last time. Male menstruation. Male menstruation is a term used colloquially for a type of, of bleeding in the urine. Of, of what I can't read this. This is not what we're talking about here. I don't think. Uh, no. Well, actually, there's there's uh, I'm on Twitter more than you are, and there's a uh, there's a there's a movement. There's a yes, there is a movement on Twitter that's trying to convince people that uh, yes, that uh, menstruation is not a it's not a female thing. Now, my wife, who uh, has uh, counted herself as a uh, as I think a pretty dyed in the wool feminist at times, and is she hears stuff like this and she's like, "Fuck you, dudes." She 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 feels like women uh, right now are really getting the shaft because. Uh, um, there's they're they're trying. She feels like there there's a movement that's trying to uh, when women are just starting to get a foothold uh, with uh, what you know rights and fairness and equality and things like that. Now there's a movement afoot, and you know that she she feels that um, is trying to uh, say, man, eh, so you know you're you're a woman, fine, but so am I. And that and then that faction that's saying that isn't a woman isn't female mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, and is trying to um uh, lay claim to uh to uh the, the the fact that they that they are when when they don't deserve to be because I, because as according to her they're fucking not oh well okay well i don't know about women getting the shaft i just know that when i'm on Shatterbait, there are a lot of women with shafts and it's Switch. disconcerting that's all i'm saying okay so maybe we can split the difference maybe women listen i want to give the women my shaft i don't know how to do that in a woke way where i'm so all respectful i just i don't want to get a sword fight with a uh, <laughs> Cross swords. Oh my god. Um, no one talks like that. No one. I was talking like that yesterday because I started talking about training porn. Yeah, it's a very convoluted way that I got there. I'm going to try to get the video uh, from Vanessa of me talking about training porn. <laughs> a child. I'm going to have to block out my yeah, sister's like face. Other. It's ridiculous, quite frankly. Blur her face. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with, I'm with uh, your wife Rachel on that one. I, yeah. I think that uh, it's. I, I talked about it. I talked about it uh, weeks ago on the podcast about like they had like a statue they had a woman an actual what seemed to be an actual woman on the street reporting who should be voted as the the statue as of a woman and it was like a like a transgender male who may not have done the surgery back in the late 60s early 70s who fought for gay rights like and i'm like Right, but the statue is to have more statues of women. I'm sure that there's a a woman in the history of New York City that is deserving of that statue. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, I, like. I, my yes, point is, like, like, if the movement is to give more women, you're giving a male representation. Yeah, okay, but that's a whole other category. Let's give that another fifty to a hundred years. Right, or let's have another smaller movement for that. Yeah. But don't take away us that. No, no, I don't think anyone voted for that except for this one. What appeared, what sounded like a very young twenty-something-year-old girl. Now I don't know, woman, um, whatever. But yeah, it's I, I. So I think I think I'm I I'm with Rachel on that. Women are getting the shaft. And so yeah, I, you just brought up a, a point that uh, that you you kind of danced around a little bit but you, you you were basically saying that at some point okay you mentioned the hundred year thing and this had never occurred to me if evolution gets us to the place where uh men don't have penises anymore then we can call them women or or whatever if, if evolution actually works science science does hmm. what science does and and, hmm. and we get to the point where we have this uh this hmm. uh this, how do we procreate this this, this, this well, i don't know we uh, well you don't you don't have to figure out you're not one of the scientists you're not an I'm evolutionist not, just, but at that point then you say hey you are a woman well, well we will we will hear you roar at that point mm-hmm. uh, right until, if a car doesn't need gas then men don't need penises until, yes until science comes Maybe. along and actually and not cuts it off but actually through evolution we evolve yeah as no a i understand species. that yeah yes, yeah yeah okay so uh i, I was just looking at the, your john toto thing i'm, I'm going back there's a lot back there i was looking at the menu i, I didn't see uh i didn't see any shellfish i didn't see any I, so 
That must have been the catering menu. I'm not really sure how that works. I mean, yeah. it came out of it came out. It seemed to come out of his kitchen. So, something came up last night at this at this get together that I'd never heard before. Maybe you ha- you have with with you, because you're more of an East Coast guy. And I hear it. If if we're going to eat uh, shellfish here in the Midwest, I really have to know the provenance of, of what the hell's going on. I'm, I'm not going to go into some place generally if they have like an oyster bar or something. I'm going to skip that because it's we're in the middle of the country. I don't know how long they yeah, sit on right, the ship. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I, I want something that's, that's pretty fresh. So if I, if I know somehow, okay, that's that's uh, this guy that gets this stuff flown in, and I know this, the whole story of how it gets there, I, then I'm then I'm fine with it. But that means we don't eat it very often. But uh, I heard something last night. Okay, so they were saying you're only supposed to eat shellfish uh, months with an R. Have you heard this before? Months with an R is shellfish season. So no. if it's not a month with an R, you shouldn't be eating it, according to what, what they were saying. That, that's the general, generally accepted rule of thumb. And I was like, I have, I've gone my whole life. I've never heard this months with an R thing about shellfish. So, um, we uh, years ago we had a because um, I knew the provenance. Years ago, I, I knew this guy who was a seafood manager at this at this uh, at this grocery store chain, and he got us some uh, stuff that had just been flown in some oysters right right around this time of year, because you know, it's a it's kind of New Year's tradition oysters for a lot of people, and uh, so we had a New Year's Eve party, and we had uh, a bunch of oysters. And uh, we're shelling oysters, which in this part of the country, there aren't a lot of people that have shelled an oyster, that know how to shell an oyster, know anything about what's going on. And um, thank God that night nobody was was, was cut or maimed or, or uh, you know, we managed to get through it. So um, we were, last night we were talking, uh, the, the, there was a few people there that were at that uh, at that uh, party and we were saying, we should do that again. We should get together and, and do an oyster thing. So we were, we're cooking, we're, we're planning an oyster thing in February. And I've, between now and, and uh, towards the end of February, the exact date has not been set, but probably it's somewhere in the last couple of weeks of February, I've got to, I've got to source some oysters. So, um, I may have to pull you in on this. I may possibly. Maybe. Uh, maybe you can uh, <laughs> have John Toto send me uh, send me oysters. I don't know where he gets this stuff. I'm not really sure. And I and he's. I think he's pretty much a uh, pescatarian himself. Although Is that he? means he would eat fish. But yeah, he's not a meat eater. And I think he he leans toward uh, organic and pretty healthy living. And he's not Jewish, apparently. If he eats, because uh, they, no, they, they, no. they don't eat shellfish. Are there Italians? Jewish Italians? It, uh, 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 I'm not. I'm not. Well, I mean, I guess in some ways I am. I'm a half breed, but I'm not. It, uh, I can't get behind the whole religious slash cultural Judaism thing. I don't really get my head around that. Can't figure that out. Have you ever gone to any sort of Jewish anything? I know you're. you're mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I went to synagogue when my. My my mother's father passed away. That was in 1988. So when I was about, uh, I think it was, I mean, when I was 16 or 17 years old, roughly, I, it was the first time I had stepped foot in a synagogue. And then I had never been to a Passover Seder until my, uh, I think I was in my, th- around 30-something. I think mm-hmm. it was in my early 30s, and that was like a friend from college. It was like a relative of his. Yeah. But so no, mostly not. I mean, I don't. Yeah, mostly not. And the seder meals, a lot of you, you know, have have a bite of this, have a bite of that, and everything's representative of, uh, you know, the struggle, right? I, I, I don't know. Understand. I mean, I was I had not when when I grew up, my mother, um, my mother, wasn't very religious. She was never she was never bat mitzvah. She wasn't raised religious, so she used to go to Catholic mass with us. So mm-hmm. no, I don't really. Okay. I don't know All that right. stuff. I know very little about it either. Have you been watching? Uh, you probably haven't. You've been watching any college football, any bowl games? You don't. No, no, no. It was on yesterday. It was, yeah. Yesterday was a Saturday, so there were definitely games on. Big games on. I, and I've noticed something, and I don't know where the hell this came from. Uh, I haven't. I haven't seen a lot of them either, but uh, I, I've watched a few and uh, parts of a few of them. And uh, so something I, I've noticed that I, I think it is odd. Uh, at least it was for me, and it's probably really weird that, I, that uh, anybody, nobody else in the world, probably gives a shit about this. But I'm going to talk about it anyway because I noticed it. But um, coaches now on a lot of teams are wearing uh, and it's just the coaching staff okay they're wearing this uh, I don't I would call it a, it's like a new thing apparently that has been uh, dreamed up by uh, I know Adidas has a version of it probably Nike does too but I would call it a coaching smock 
kind of looks like to me i look at it and it looks like they're wearing something like a barber would wear it looks like a barber's barber's thing it's like this quarter zip uh short sleeve thing you know what i'm talking about have you seen this i, I can tell you an example if you want to google it if you google joe moorhead m-o-o-r-h-e-a-d joe moorhead talks familiarity with iowa mississippi's He's the head football coach of Mississippi State, um, who's going to play Iowa. To, uh, is that tomorrow? I don't know when that is. They're they're playing anyway hmm. uh, here in the uh, Outback Bowl. But Joe Moorhead talks mm-hmm. familiarity with Iowa. So there's this this weird little uh, there's a weird little shirt thing that's being uh, worn by now by college football coaches, and I have no idea why. So um, I see. It's just it, a, I don't. It doesn't looking. really show what it looks. I mean, it says Adidas on there. Yeah, that's what you see is what you get. It's just a, that's just a, Mississippi just a, State. It's got the bulldog on it. Yeah, but I don't. I can't see. I want to see the whole thing. I want to see him standing up. He's sitting behind a, a, a desk it's like for straight, a press conference. Straight cut doesn't have any like elastic in the bottom. It's just straight cut type thing, and it's uh, it's I don't know. Made out of looks like some kind of maybe a wicking moisture wicking type material, but it's just a pullover short sleeve pullover with a quarter zip, and uh, it's got kind of a I don't know. What'd you call it? A mock collar or something like that? I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird thing, and I've seen a bunch of coaches wearing it, and I'm like, why? What? What functionality does it have? I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. I'm like, why are they wearing this? Who, who dreamed this up? Where are they? <laughs> quarter zips, custom coaches, quarter zip jackets. I don't know what the hell it is. It's it's a dorky look though. Hmm. I, I, it, and yeah, you know, I think I think the guy that uh, I work with, the five foot three. Italian guy from Secaucus, New Jersey, or from Hoboken, New Jersey. Pinky ring, you know, he's Omega a, watches. Yeah. He's a, he coaches like I think twelve to sixteen year old boys in hockey. Okay, okay. He, I think he has this. I think he has it with his team, the Avalanche. So it's got Coach Joe, and then it's got the Avalanche. You know, similar to what I just looked up on that uh, that article. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear the backstory of this because I'm sure some somebody dreamed this thing up. Somebody, obviously, and then talked to other people into buying it. And and then one coach looked at it and thought, well, look at that. <laughs> that looks cool. I'm going to wear that. <laughs> I don't get it. it. It doesn't seem to have like a – I thought you were talking almost like – like at first that you were talking like almost like an apron, like a like – a, like a ball boy kind of schmuck, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's me. Like it looks. Could you see a barber wearing this though? You know, like I know a barber would have something like that on. Hey, how you doing? Let me. You've seen it on. more than once, huh? Uh, yes, it's it's starting become to become uh, prevalent on sidelines where you, where you have uh, a lot of the coaching staff wearing these things, and I have no clue what the reasoning is for this because it's the dorkiest fucking looking thing I've ever seen, and. Uh, and you're right. You're going to see other uh, wannabe wannabe dorks <laughs> walking around in these things. And uh, okay, there, there's some people who have clothing decisions based on the looseness of it and the fact that it's you know it's non-binding and I can wear that and I can let my gut hang out and nobody's going to see it. Maybe there, maybe there's something something with that. Maybe it's just because they can. I don't know. But it's, it doesn't look like anything. It doesn't look athletic. Like if you walked into a gym, I was at a gym today working out. I didn't see anybody wearing anything look like this. Short sleeves and a quarter zip. This is, I mean, it's just functionally, it makes no sense. And he's got it. This guy, the picture I'm looking at of the guy from Mississippi State, he's got it over a polo shirt. He's got a polo shirt underneath. What the fuck? I mean, I don't. <laughs> it's yeah, I don't get it. I mean, it, it's not a good look. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, well, but I guess uh, the, the, I, you, you probably yeah you're old enough to remember remember the you know, you know what Zubas are Zubas pants yeah 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 I, I totally remember that and I, it crossed my mind like that look yeah. with the baggy like I don't know what the hell they were and they would have sports team logos on them yeah. sometimes or zebra yeah. prints or very they were very big on Staten Island yes. uh, in the late 80s I imagine they were big in the radio world too I mean I saw those haircuts that you guys had those hairstyles those like sort of they were somewhere between full-on just feathered rocker hair look or just like the this sort of 
80s, early 90s rocker mullet sort of look, the in-between hybrid. It was like the... It was, sort it of, was not quite full-on mullet. It was a little longer yeah, than that. Yeah, it was kind of a little bit longer than that, but it was yeah. still almost like if you pulled it back, it almost looked like you had like that kind of like Italian Guido look. You could so, almost pull it off. Yep, yep. Or maybe your hair was a little thick and curly and Brillo panty, but you still had like the blown out long hair in the back. I don't really understand yes, it. Guilty. <laughs> it was, it was, the, it was kind of the, the long <laughs> version of Jerry Seinfeld. You know, if you yeah, know, that's right. That's right. If Jerry Seinfeld didn't get a haircut for like another couple months. Yeah, right. And and even even the clothing was just like that too. It was acid with little baggy acid wash jeans or like yeah yeah, yeah. like members only style kind of jackets. And yeah, those I'm still seeing those those jeans are kind of there's there's some of those starting to show themselves. Oh yeah, back. they're coming yeah. back. It's yeah. it's uh, normcore. Normcore is a look. Uh, it, you see it a lot with uh, hipster women in their 20s and 30s, like L.A. and Brooklyn ish. I didn't, know, I didn't know there was a name for it. Normcore. Yeah, Normcore, and I mean Normcore is the Jerry Seinfeld look. Okay, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, just Google it right now. Normcore. Except that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I didn't make it up. There you go. I, there's the. That, it's not made up. It, you'll see a little bit of a variation on it, though. You'll see like the jeans a lot of times have rips in them. Yeah. Like sometimes they'll be wearing not dorky sort of like orthopedic looking New Balance type sneakers, but instead they're wearing like kind of nicer shoes. Right. And then there might be some sort of accessorizing on the top with like kind of a cooler hoodie or a, and I'm making this up. I have no idea. I Googled it once and that's what I've come away with. Here's a picture uh, that says, this is why Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Is <laughs> it a, sounds like a meal I know. He's, that he's I can't a, eat. He's a normcore fashion god. According to uh, according to this article from High High Snobbity High Snobbity High Snobbity is what the site is. It's <laughs> uh, a hard one to say. Yeah, High Snobbity. One of the guys last night was saying that uh, at this party was saying that he had been accused of. Uh, uh, he works. He's the director of some sort of a. Uh, it's a nonprofit that's got something to do with the healthcare industry. Um, I'm not sure exactly what uh, it, it, their their whole mission is, but. Um, he was accused by somebody in the workplace of uh, how did he put it? He said, uh, "You're an you're an elitist. You know you're an elitist, don't you?" <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and then he tried to push the guy to you know what, what do you mean? What do I you know what what does that mean? Okay, so the the dude that got called the elitist, uh, he grew up in in Missouri and a very uh, very hillbilly Missouri type thing, mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think by his own account, he probably is overcompensating a little bit, trying to get get all the Missouri washed off of him a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, he was really put out by that. I could tell <laughs> being called an elitist didn't uh, didn't uh, ring well with him. He was he was like, "What?" He had his feelings hurt over that, and. Uh, I don't know. It, it was an interesting discussion. Uh, there, there was a lot of politics, like I said, that were involved, and. Uh, and uh, People just don't know what to say. I mean, a lot of times, I guess, when you're a party and people are talking about politics, they, they want to be a little bit careful maybe about what they say. But even the, there are a couple of people there that I know are normally pretty outspoken. Um, they're just really flummoxed right now. It's like uh, there, there's, I heard people saying, you know, one guy said, I don't even think there is a such thing as a Republican party anymore. I think that they've, they've uh, lost their base and they're, they're broken and scattered and, and don't know what to do. And there isn't any Republican party. And then right after that, somebody said what I was thinking, which was, I don't think there's a Democratic party anymore either. I think hmm. they've pretty much got the same thing going on. Lost, scattered, you know, fractions and, and, and factions and, and, uh, you We've got the uh, groups within within each one of those parties that are fighting each other right now, and uh, I think they're right. And it was just really, like I said, it was uh, it was very interesting to hear them try to guess. You know, it's like what's what's going to happen? Uh, who's going to run against Trump? Uh, you know, who's who's got the best uh, possibility? That sort of thing. And um, I think you know, all of us are just equally just like what the fuck, trying to figure out what's going on. So yeah, it was it was uh, kind of fun being the non-drunk fly on the wall. So yeah, enjoyed that. So you're saying that you uh, you ordered a book right before we started talking. Mm. I mentioned mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you. Were that's right. That's 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 right. Uh, I don't know the name of it. I'll have to look it up. Hold on. It's <laughs> the B. I think it's just. I actually do the name of it. I do know the name of it. I think it's just called the Beastie Boys book. Okay. 
and you said something that I, I thought I didn't realize this because you had told me that the Beastie Boys were were coming out with a book, but the thing about the book is it's entirely photos. Is that no, no, no? It's oh. not entirely photos, not at okay. all. As a matter of fact, um, there's an audio book too, which I want to find out uh, where I could find this uh, because they've got celebrities reading it. You know, I, I, Rachel Maddow, I believe, reads part of it. I think uh, Tim Meadows. Uh, so yeah, it is. There are a lot of photos, right? So when you buy a book on Amazon, sometimes apparently you can start reading it on Kindle or just yeah on an Amazon website, mm-hmm. right? Which I did. So I started to do. It's just called Beastie Boys book, and it's uh, the three of them in front of a place called Stromboli Pizza. So it's uh, you know Mike Diamond with like the leather hat and like the gold chains, the Volkswagen, you know, like mm-hmm. gold plate, you know. Adam Yauch, who passed away, that's uh, uh, MCA, who was like the, the the Tibetan one. He's just wearing like a hoodie and like a uh, like a zip zip up uh, leather jacket, and then um, Adam Horowitz with like a red baseball cap and like a. You know, like a, a maroon sweatshirt or something. And they, they look like the early, old school Beastie Boys, you know, and they're just standing in front of a pizza place. Uh, but when I opened the book on Amazon, it was just pictures. And the pictures were kind of cool. Like it was just them playing basketball with Anthony Mason, who was with the Knicks at the time, wearing a Knicks uniform. I mean, I think they were just getting housed by Anthony Mason. Uh yeah, they they they've they seem to have uh, had quite the charmed life. I mean, it was a little bumpy uh, out of the gate because they were just like punk kids, you know. They were just like well-to-do, yeah, Jewish upper, punk kids, upper middle class kids. That kind of- yeah, upper middle class to upper class work, upper class sort of educated families. And they were, they are a little bit older than me, I think. I think they're right around 50 to 53-ish, you know? So so they were teenagers in the early 80s, right? So punk was big. It was still a time where New York City was kind of kind of dirty and still had, you know, porn and sort of all that shit you know and uh, i think they had free run uh, and that and it was before hip-hop became popular so they went from being like kids teenagers playing punk music to they got into hip-hop on the ground floor level when def jam was taken off right about the same time as run dmc yeah right and they toured with run dmc so they opened up for madonna which is ridiculous that they were opening up for Madonna. They said they got booed like every night. They had um, uh, you know, Rick, Rick Rubin, girl. the producer, was. Mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. They had a big falling out. They had a big falling out with Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons. And then after their first album, Licensed to Ill, you know, you got to fight for your right to party, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, you know, Brass Monkey, all that stuff. They ended up leaving and moving to LA and and, and getting on Capitol Records, mm-hmm. um, but they, they were and that whole sort of tongue in cheek frat boy misogynistic fucking sexist bullshit was kind of a tongue in cheek joke, right? Right, like that's not who these kids were, not who, but that's how they were seen and defined so quickly. Well, they may have been there. At, I think they were probably there at one point, but I think they... they, they no, they they grew, were... So they, I, they, they were there, but the thing that they were making fun of was also the thing that they were becoming because they became rock stars. Yeah, I mean, right. hip-hop, rock, yes, you know, yeah, rap right, stars, right, right. right? Like, they were touring the... Opening for Madonna, that was a failure, but then touring the world, opening up for Run DMC, right? So they're... And they're kids, you know. They're, they're you know... 19-year-old kids at the time or whatever they were. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it's fascinating, though, to this this music that I listened to and was really into and, and, and liked. It's like how much they seem to have sort of grown as as artists and musicians, you know? Yeah. You know, like they, they played instruments, but they were just making noise with punk. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to get out of the book, but uh, I, I just thought it I looked just, kind of cool. I just figured out who Rachel Maddow was. <laughs> No, Rachel Maddow from MSNBC. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it was like you said Rachel Maddow, and I went, I should know this. I should know that. I've heard this name. I should know who this is. And then I was like. Yeah. I don't uh, even know. Where do you get audiobooks? Audible? Uh, I, I, 
I don't re- no, I don't. I don't ever listen to any audiobooks. I, I don't think I've even. I, I don't believe I've ever even tried to listen to an uh, like a whole I have. audiobook. I, I have, and I usually I try to get them from the library. Uh, I think I would like it if I if I got into it because I, I do listen to a lot of uh, you know a lot of audio, a lot of podcast stuff, and and some of it's more uh, you know more uh, like like if you listen to uh, the the um, if you heard of or listen to the hardcore history podcast. Um, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, there's a guy. Uh, it's called Hardcore History, I believe is what it's called. Let me look it up for you. Uh, um, but anyway, um, Dan Carlin is his name. Is the, uh, the, I know the name. I know the name. I don't know much about the guy, so, but I know the name. Yeah, so he has this uh, um, podcast that uh, it's not a regular weekly thing. He basically works on it uh, off, you know, off the off scenes type thing, for, you know, on and puts together a season and then comes back. And the season is generally it's just about um, you know he he picks whatever uh, whatever. Thing that he's going to talk about, like uh, the the, uh, the the Celtic Holocaust, uh, or he talks about whatever, and, and it's he gives you an actual um, a real real hardcore uh, history lesson. You know, he tells the absolute truth about um, whatever's going on. So. Um, a lot of these these uh, these episodes are like three hours long, and they're very intense. It's it's like it's like a book. It really is. So I mean, I guess I have listened to you know some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that kind of thing is harder for me to pay attention to, though. I mean, even though it's very like with the history, I, I love history, and um, I with the Dan Carlin thing, I would like to hone in on it and pay attention to it while he's doing it, but. After a while, my mind starts to wander when I'm, you know, it's like... Yeah, I, I've had that happen, too. I don't know that I've listened to an entire audio book, but uh, I like the idea of it. But yeah. I, I don't think I ever follow through yeah. with it. Um, I buy yeah. most of the books, though, from from just from Amazon. And mm-hmm. uh, the... Uh, I like, okay, around the holidays, I went to the local Barnes & Noble. And, and I actually, I bought a book. I bought the new Barbara Kingsolver novel for my wife for Christmas, one of her Christmas gifts. And... Um, it was like twenty eight bucks for a hard hardcover book. Mm-hmm. Do you I, have the uh, Do you have the Barnes and Noble like membership where you no. get like twenty five thirty no. percent off? No, no. I, neither I, do I. I. You know, I don't go in there often enough. To, to Me do neither. That. And then I'd also have to carry around some fucking card, and and I just I'm a minimalist with the shit that I walk around with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to look through my through my fanny pack to try to find their card and go yeah here you go there it is uh, you know whatever. But no, I didn't have the thing, so I I, I paid I'm, I realized I paid full bore for this thing. You know, twenty eight bucks for a. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For a book, which it seems, uh, you know, it's like, all right, so that's, you know, it's not the biggest expense or anything like that, but I'm like, you know, it's kind of, kind of, you know, kind of expensive-ish, yeah. sort of, but uh, uh, I would have, I'm sure if I would have ordered it online, I probably could have got it for less money, is what I'm trying to say, um, <laughs> and I, I didn't even look, but uh, I thought, I'm here, I'll just do it. Yeah, but, the Beastie, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, usually I'll, I'll order it through Amazon. Yeah, me too. Me too. But I, I've gone into uh, um, uh, Barnes & Noble like twice recently. Once I got a gift for my nephew for Christmas. It was something that uh, – it was a toy they had. I ordered it online and picked it up, and I got a discount of some sort, 15% off or something. It was less than what I would have paid on Amazon. And then on the way home one night, I stopped at the Barnes & Noble, and it was there. And it was like I just went up to the customer service desk, and boom, got it within moments. Like, that was awesome, and I went there again to get his birthday gift, um, and I got him a, a book, and uh, which was a great book. Um, I wish I had it with me because I would read it. It's so good. It's called uh, "The Little Gift of Nothing." I couldn't tell you the author. And it's just about a cat getting a gift for his friend. So the cat is named Mooch, and he buys. He wants that he goes to get a gift for his friend Earl, who's a dog, and I think the dog lives across the street. Now a cat and a dog are friends. I don't care, whatever. But the whole idea of he just wanted to get him nothing, and it was a sweet gift. And it was like it literally, it was, uh, it was all about. It was, it was really about just being present. And I was like, fuck. It was like, it was, it was so good that I almost picked up another book. And it wasn't just that the, the book, the, the board books were like roughly, I think, $7.95. So it wasn't about the money. It was his birthday. You know, and then there was another book that BJ Novak, he's an actor. He's, uh, he was on uh, the American version of The Office. Yes, yeah. He writes children's books. Does he? Really? he I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's done at least two, maybe more. And, and this one was like a, a, 
like a, a book without pictures. And then it goes and it talks about how can you have a book without pictures and it goes on and on. And then it has the, the reader, presumably the adult or the parent, saying crazy things, right? And that's the whole joke. See, but it's a lot of white space. It's pretty, it's a good book, but it wasn't like 1795 good. Yeah. See, when I think, uh, what's his name, the actor again? Um, B.J. Novak? He kind of, I get kind of a vibe off him. He kind of a child molester vibe off him. I think he's writing these. Do books. you know who I'm talking about? You know what? Yeah, yeah. I could see, see him. See, I could see him. But you in, see what he looks like? He's a he's a kind of a tall, thinnish guy with dark hair. I picture him very easily standing on a playground, going, "Hey, kid, how you doing?" Well, that's because his name is BJ. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason you say that, BJ. <laughs> uh, I just looked at the Barbara Kingsolver book that I did pay twenty nine bucks for. Uh-huh. On Amazon Prime, seven ninety five. No, nineteen forty nine. Yeah, like sometimes 10, it was 10 close. Like, like the board book that I got, the little gift of nothing. It was, uh, I think, seven ninety five at at Barnes and Noble, and I think it was like seven dollars and fifteen cents yeah. on Amazon, something I, like that. Like it wasn't worth. Like yeah. I, the party was the next day, so I was like, all right, so I just got the book. And uh, but the book, I'm telling you, I read the book in the aisle, and I read it over and over again. I was like, this fucking book is great. And then I'm like, how I want to write a children's book, but I have no for what I talk about aimed child. at aimed at the the book itself uh, was was uh, tell, tell what what age group would it appeal to. I would say toddlers. 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 I, I said, I, I think once you, yeah, I, I mean, you could probably get it, read the book or have the kid read the book until about four or five, maybe six, depending on how advanced the kid is and what they're reading and when, what sort of what they're taking in. Yeah. But uh, but it's just, I, I think it's a really sweet message. Kids and, now and, by uh, age, a, yeah. if your kid is not coding now by like age four, uh, you know, the yeah, there's no not, future. It's over. It's, it's over. It's done. Yeah. It's just, just like, and it's a podcast podcast about the past and yeah. your life is over it was all about 2015 you just uh, you know sorry, like cameron man. just set up a studio it's it's too late he's done there's no way he's making music jamming with himself just jamming with himself <laughs> what's that all about can't you get any friends that's right yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. there's uh so i, I just want to it's not just rachel maddow i i found the list of of, of this is this is steve right. buscemi reads all bobby right. cannaval the uh, the, uh, yeah, the actor yeah, Elvis yeah. Costello comedian Elvis Costello Chuck D right. Snoop Dogg Wow these Will are names. Will Ferrell Will Ferrell uh, yeah, Kim Gordon from uh, Sonic Youth uh, LL Cool J of course Spike Jones uh, uh, Pat Kiernan he's a uh, a news guy on New York One News Tim Meadows uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of people here Amy Poehler John C Riley Maya Rudolph is a Chloe Sevigny Jeff Tweedy Oh, really? So they're all doing ben separate parts of this. Yeah, I guess they're just reading different times, and a, a lot of these people were around New York there, like Chloe Sevigny. She was in the movie Kids, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Like so, so I don't know if these are stories beyond the book, stuff in the book, because I think the book has words. It's not just pictures, you know. Okay. It's uh, but uh, there's a sample here. I'll just play it. I can. Just, I have no idea if it's any good. Just try it down and roll, roll. Yeah. Yeah. Knew someone in Alaska, and this person in Alaska would. Well, fly that's Adam Horowitz. Unsnowboarded on mountain in a helicopter, they jump out of the helicopter with their snowboards attached and head down the mountain. That's a crazy thing to even dare yourself to think of, let alone say you're going to do or do or have done. The first time we went to Australia was in 1992. All right, so I'm going to just listen to Beastie Boys music and not read the book or listen to the book. Well, is that shit? Uh, it's boring not, fucks no i'm they, sure they're it was jumping good. out of the helicopter the, the snowboard that sounded i don't know well they, they, did you hear any of the interviews that they've done they've been on wait wait don't tell me they were on mark maron's podcast wtf they did another um, npr podcast I, I haven't heard them in a long no i haven't okay. heard any of the, the, the newer stuff yeah. i know they for a while there they weren't talking to anybody because they were uh trying to you know they were mourning the, the loss of their uh of their their uh the, what's the well name? apparently they still have music that has never been released. They recorded a lot of stuff, just nonsense in their studio, little playground that they had in L.A. And I don't know if they'll ever put stuff out, but it seems like they have, they have more, you know. But I don't know that they want to or plan to tour as the Beastie Boys because the Beastie Boys don't exist. But at the same time, who knows? They might collaborate with someone else, you know, like do a thing or a tribute or raise money for, you know, Tibetan monks or I don't know. <sighs> 
<laughs> Everybody's got all this material. We always hear that. It's like, oh, there's all this Prince material we haven't heard yet. And we either got, uh, yeah, because it sucks. That's why we haven't heard it, because it wasn't good thinking. enough. Yeah. Prince is like, I don't want anyone to ever hear this. And then, you know, he dies, and then his family is like, well, I'm going to fucking put this out. Yeah, there's like 16 Tupac CDs or compilations. Yeah, post. Yeah, post, and his mother was post Post-mortem. Throw some stuff out, but... Uh, yeah so releases yeah you know we should start recording the podcast so that when we kick it <laughs> we could just keep going just keep it going keep it <laughs> who the uh, fuck were those guys how did they have like a thousand fucking podcasts i've never heard of them never heard of these guys yeah <laughs> we just do uh yeah. we're gonna do evergreen content we're gonna talk about yeah. dog training all the time because mm-hmm. people you know a thousand years from now john people will have dogs and if all we do is talk about training our dogs uh you can talk about your cats i guess but if it's just straight we, we'd never talk about anything that's current or or uh, you know we, we just want to keep evergreen then we'll have that we'll have that going on then we should just both just talk about is starting in 2019 which is the next episode we can just talk about like transgenderism we'll figure out what the next thing is and we'll just talk about it like a very matter of fact like there's you know we'll talk about our transgender president back and how amazing we, it was back and, when yeah. presidents had penises <laughs> <laughs> yeah none of them have penises it's so weird to be one of the last men on earth with a fucking penis i don't know what to do with it i feel like i'm 13 again uh, yeah, we're gonna write some sort of a futuristic, futuristic novel where uh, the the uh, the government's uh, chasing the people with the with the biopenes. That's the people who still have penises that are uh, bio, bio, biological penises. Jeez, oh, I gotta get write this down. Hang on. Uh, so there's a there's a there's a dying <laughs> the Reddit. There's a dying breed of people who still have natural penises. They are the biopenes. And the biopenes are being hunted. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna write this down here. This, this dystopian story that covers everything. And and, and you remember the uh, there are no Democrats and no Republicans, right? So we're gonna you're gonna come up with something new uh, for the new politician, the future politician, who's the anti-politician politician. What do we call I the think? ones that have that that have? Well, everybody will have. They'll be able to choose. And so, if if there's a biopene. Okay, that that was grown naturally. That was like okay, you have the baby and you look down there, you're like, oh my god, he's got a dick. He's a biopene, so you got to go hide the diet biopene because you don't want the government taking your kid. Um, okay, so there's there's that kid, but then there's the other kid that the parents look at and they go, oh, he's normal. He doesn't have anything there. But then they want to assign a, a, a sex to this to this child later okay and then there's got to be some sort of a way that they, they i don't know some sort of an implant or something that they do and so we got to give those people a name in in the book and so are there are, maybe it's maybe we just go straight to film with this i don't know because i think we're onto something here um i don't know i like these dystopian things i saw that speaking of dystopian the uh bird box thing do you see the numbers on that oh oh no no i did not see it but last night cameron had a bunch of friends over it was yeah. uh, mostly a bunch of girls and a handful of guys and they were watching Bird Box, and it sounded very intense. It is very intense. I, you watched I, the whole thing? Yeah, we, yeah, I saw it a week ago or so, something like that. But I saw the the numbers. I saw that um, they said Netflix normally is very uh, hush hush. They don't want to tell the world about right, but not you know, with Bird Box. Bird Box, they're they're like, hey, this is this is the real thing. They said in the first week they had forty five million downloads or five forty five million uh, streams. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow yeah 45 wow million. 45 million how does that compare like that's more than that's more than like the the like super bowls and right no well maybe not super bowls but that's more than like uh like the season finale of mash remember when there used to be big numbers yeah, for tv just three yeah three three no you had three choices so if there was something big they're gonna draw the numbers now it's like yeah everybody's so scattered with stuff it's bizarro to try to figure out how to get oh well yeah they say it, it, because netflix rarely specifies what its data means it was difficult to gauge what that number really means right a lot of variables in that statement huh pretty huge though and i think it's good news because now uh and not that they haven't before but i think especially now you can look at a uh some of those some of those entities are going to be trying to get the big big time actors when you when you get you know um a couple of like that movie with you know a couple of major actors in it um for a direct to netflix movie 
around the holiday season. Okay, that was a pretty big yeah. success for for uh, everybody. Um, you know, what are they going to do now? They're they're going to get they're going to do it more. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's got to work out more. They can have somebody play a coach, and they can wear that stupid coaching smock. And uh, yeah, I don't think so. But yeah. <laughs> Here's what it says, though, with this. I mean, this says uh, the, uh, Netflix only counts an account as having watched Bird Box once a view surpasses 70% of the total running time. So at least 45 million people have watched at least 70% of Bird Box. You know, well, it's you, like. Yeah, if you're 70% into that, I don't think you're probably shutting it off. It, 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 it's a thing gets good at the end. It's like, oh my God, it's yeah, edge of the seat. So the kids, mm-hmm. kids, did they say they liked it or did you talk to them? I couldn't tell. So I'm upstairs. I, I don't think I have my headphones on. I think I was editing photos and I would hear their reactions sometimes and it seemed pretty intense. And I had rented, um, crazy rich Asians a couple of nights ago. So I watched crazy rich Asians with, uh, our daughter Kylie and my ex-wife Andrea. She was the one that really wanted to watch it. Now she fell asleep like about uh, halfway through. Mm-hmm. Now that movie should have been called uh, um, "Crazy Hot Shirtless Asian Dudes," I think, because there were a lot of like shirtless Asian dudes in the movie. Really? It was it was it was fine. It was it was funny. It was amusing. There were some good characters. Uh, you know, uh, Ken Jeong, Doctor. You know, uh, the guy who used to be a doctor. If any, was, of the, if any of those Asian dudes had breasts, would you have a problem with that? Um, do they have penises? Are they biopenes? What are we talking about here? I don't know. No, it was it was a decent movie, and I had heard, and I meant to look this up, is that the lead male actor yeah. had never acted before. And and that boggled my mind because it was pretty fucking good. You know, you, you, you can't just... Uh, go on camera and it's very rare that a person goes on camera and can be believable even playing a version of themselves you know so that was impressed by that but it was good and it was funny but at last night when cameron and his friends were watching um were watching bird box even before bird box came on i would pop my head down every now and again i was like hey cameron we rented i rented a Crazy Rich Asians. It's on the Apple TV if you and your friends want to watch it. I very enthusiastically said that about seven times. And when they were really, when it got really intense or really quiet and they were like freaking out over scenes in Bird Box, there was a lot of blindfolds. And I didn't, that's what I've seen online. And they were talking about yeah. blindfolds. I didn't know what that was about. And and I would, and I said, Cameron, it's not too late to start Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> so, <Shh. laughs> it was like I think I did it a, f- a few enough times that it was amusing every time I said it. Right, like their dad, Cameron's dad, is divorced and lives in his mom's pool house. You know, like it's that's me. I'm up here. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we talk.